Hey there, and welcome to Soul Church. Our prayer is that this message encourages you wherever you may be in life. We've been hearing so many stories about what God is doing in people's lives, and we'd love to hear yours. So take a second and send your story to stories at soulchurch.com. Thanks again for joining us today, and we hope that you enjoy the message. God bless. Well, welcome everyone to the final service from here in Mason Road. I'm really glad you have joined me online from wherever you are. So Bill, Bill Woods, right there, 90 years old, watching on YouTube, a big welcome to you and Miriam. So whether you're in the gym, listening to our podcast, or you're running along Marriott's Road, or you're driving in your car, it is great to have you with us. Next week, we're gonna be in our brand new building, there in Mason Road, not Mason Road, on Hartsey's Lane. So come on, in the comments, who's excited for next week? We can't wait to be, be there and to see you there. But today, today I've got a word. I believe it's from God to you. Come on, who loves the word of God? I'm gonna read to you just one verse initially from Psalm 121. So if you've got your Bibles, open them up. And turn to Psalm 121, verse 8. It says this. The Lord shall preserve your going out and your coming in. Come on, how many knows that's good news? The Lord's going to preserve your going out and your coming in. He's going to bless us as we go out of Mason Road. And he's going to bless us as we go in to Heartsease Lane. How good is that? That's a word for us as a church, but also I believe it's a word for you as an individual, whatever you're going through right now, because life is full of transitions. We're constantly moving from one place to another. Maybe you're, you're moving into a new job. Maybe you've come to a new country or you've joined a new church or maybe there's new circumstances ahead of you here's God's word to you it's a promise the Lord shall preserve your going out and your coming in from this time forth now and forevermore how good is that how good is God in fact this Little scripture, it's a really interesting one. Because Orthodox Jews, even to this day, what they do is they write this on a little scroll and they put it on a, in a metal box. And then they fasten this little metal box called a masuza. You might see one on your screen. They put it on the right doorpost of their house and sometimes on the internal doors. I think that's a great thing to do, to always remember every time you leave your house that the Lord's going to bless you going out and you're coming in. In fact, when I first started dating Rachel and we got engaged, how many know that's a long time ago now? But I remember I'd pull up in the car and Rachel would jump in the front seat and if we were going on a long journey, Rachel's parents Trevor and Joyce, who are probably watching us now, here's what they'd always do. They'd gather around us and they would pray this verse over us. 
every single time we went on a long car journey, not just to Tesco's, but we went a bit further. And Trevor would pray, may the Lord bless your going out and your coming in. So I'd love to pray that over you now, church. Every one of you, wherever you're watching me from, whatever the circumstances of your life right now, can, I, can we pray together? Lord Jesus, I speak into every home that you bless every person, every family, that they would write this on the doorposts of their heart, that you would bless their going out and their coming in, that you would bless us as a church this week as we've moving out and moving in to all you have for us. And everyone with a bit of faith said in the comments, amen, amen. So let's dive in to this beautiful psalm, Psalm 121. It begins with this question. You might notice it's, it's called a song of ascent. A song of ascent, what does that mean? It, it means that when the Jews went on pilgrimage three times a year to Jerusalem, they would leave their villages and their surrounding areas and they would walk up to Jerusalem. And that's why it's called a song of ascent. If you like, this was their Spotify playlist, all right? And it begins, begins with this. I will lift up my eyes to the hills or the mountain. They were going on a journey. They were traveling. I wonder how you feel about traveling. As a family, I, I've got two daughters and my wife and Every single one of them loves traveling. In fact, every now and again, I'm on Instagram and one of my family members will send me a reel of some exotic place they want us to go. They're getting excited about it and there's normally blue oceans and white sand or, or Disney and, and they're like, woohoo, let's go, let's go. And maybe when you lift up your eyes to the hills, and you think of what's ahead of you, maybe you're excited. Maybe you can't wait to get into Hartsey's Lane. Maybe you're excited about a new opportunity. But not everybody responds to travel and to change in that way. If I'm really honest, sometimes when I, when I get those reels or those travel plans from the girls, my first thought is, how much is this gonna cost? Anyone else respond like that? And I start thinking how, whether we're going to be able to make it fit with the budget. And then I think driving down to London and hitting the M25 and getting stuck and running late to the airport. And of course, Airport Steve is never looking forward to overpacked, overweight suitcases, praying and believing that somehow we're going to get them through without extra charges. Maybe that's a bit of fun, but for a lot of us, or maybe for you, when you lift up your eyes to the hills or to the mountains, as it can also be translated, maybe right now you're looking at things that seem to tower above you. And in the ancient world, to travel to the hills and the mountains, it was actually a really scary thought because it was there, it's there that the robbers would hide. To travel through mountains was, was to take a risk. 
And then, of course, it's often where the false religions would have their temples and they'd offer sacrifices. So there was understanding of the spiritual nation, the spiritual forces that often would be at work in the hills and the mountains. I lift up my eyes to the hills. Maybe when you're looking up at what's ahead of you, you feel scared, you feel nervous, you feel anxious. And that's why in Psalm 121, it says, I lift up my eyes to the Lord. From whence comes my help? In other words, where does my help come from? Friend, let me ask you, when you're facing challenge and difficulty, when you're looking at a mountain that towers above you, where does your help come from? Where do you turn to? I got good news for you today because as we go through Psalm 121, it's only eight verses. It's, if you like, four lots of two. Four lots of promises that God wants to speak into your life, into your family, into your circumstances. So if you're making notes, why don't you take a note of these four things? Number one, the first point is this, the Lord's power is before you. The Lord's power is before you. It says, I will lift up my eyes to the hills from whence com comes my help. And then he answers the question, my help comes from the Lord who made heaven and earth. I love that. I love that because sometimes the mountains can seem incredibly intimidating whatever you're staring at right now, but I want to encourage you to lift your eyes a little higher, to look above those mountains, because when you do that, you will see the Lord. You will see his strength. You'll see his power, because he is the one who made those mountains. There is nothing too hard for him, nothing too difficult for him. The one who comes to your help is the Lord maker of heaven and earth. And he is on your side, friend. His glory, his power, his strength. If you flick over the page in your Bible to Psalm 124, verse 8, it says, Our help is in the name of the Lord who made heaven and earth. I love that. Let me ask you a question. That's right. You. Let me ask you this question. Are you looking at the size of the mountains before you? Or are you looking at the size of the God who is for you? Which are you looking at this morning? From whence comes my help? My help comes from the Lord, the maker of heaven. So point number one, the Lord's power is before you. Are you ready for point number two? All right, having a little sip of your coffee at home. Number two, the Lord's eyes are upon you. That's right, he sees you right where you are, whether you're watching on YouTube, whether you're running through creation. God's eyes are upon you. It says in verse three, he will not allow your foot to be moved. He who keeps you will not slumber Behold, he who keeps Israel 
shall neither slumber nor sleep. Three times in two verses, it talks about slumbering and sleeping. and says, God won't do that. I've got two daughters along with my wife and you know, we, for all of our lives, if our kids have gone out late at night, neither of us really go to sleep till they come back in. We're waiting. At least one of us, we want to hear that they're safe. But now that they're a little older, 19 and 24, every now and again we'll nod off and just trust that they'll come back. But here the Bible is saying, God, he never slumbers and he never sleeps. He never stops looking out for you. He's there keeping an eye on you because he loves you so much. And today, friend, you might feel that nobody is looking out for you. Nobody cares for you. But the good news is the Lord's eyes are always upon you. I love this quote that hopefully you'll see on your screens by Tim Keller. He says this, the central basis of Christian assurance is not how much our hearts are set on God, but how unshakably his heart is set on us. Friend, his heart is set on you. His eye is on you because he wants to care for you. He neither slumbers nor sleeps. How many know this is good news this morning? All right, so number one, the Lord's power is before you. Number two, the Lord's eyes are upon you. And then number three, the Lord's presence is with you. He's with you, friend. I love verse five. It says, the Lord is your keeper. He's so amazing. We're going to come back to that in just a moment. The Lord is your keeper. But it goes on to say this. The Lord is your shade at your right hand. You imagine these pilgrims planning to walk sometimes for days, sometimes for weeks through the hot desert. If you've ever walked through a hot desert, you will know that the one thing you're looking out for is shade, protection. You don't want to get sunstroke. But if you're walking through a desert, where do you get shade? Maybe you feel like you're in a desert place right now. You feel vulnerable. You're not sure whether you can make it, but it says this, the Lord is your shade. He's at your right hand. How beautiful that he's walking with you through that desert place. You might feel like you're on your own, but he's your protector. He's right there at your right hand where you need him most. He's going to shade you and protect you. In fact, the scriptures are full of the concept of how the Lord is your shade, Bill and Miriam. Whoever's going through a tough time, he's your shade and he is your shadow. We turn over to to Psalm 36, verse 7. That's right, just turn over the page, Psalm 36, verse 7. It says, how precious is your loving kindness, O God. Therefore, the children of men, they put their trust 
under the shadow of your wings. I love that. He's your shade. And you find protection under the shadow of his wings. Let's look at a couple more. Psalm 57 and verse 1, it says, Be merciful to me, O God. Be merciful. My soul trusts in you. And in the shadow of your wings, I will make refuge until these calamities have passed by. Friend, you might be in the middle of a calamity, but one day they're going to pass by. But until, until they do, make your refuge in the shadow of his wing. And then lastly, Psalm 91 verse 1. Some of you know this and you love it. Let me remind you, Psalm 91 verse 1. He who dwells in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. I want to declare those verses over you. When he is your shade at your right hand, when you're hiding under the shadow of his wing, then if we go back to Psalm 121, here's the promise. It says, the, the sun shall not strike you by day. He's going to protect you. But now listen to this. Nor the moon by night. In the ancient world, the, the celestial beings, the sun and the moon, were both held in awe. There was a sense of fear. They were often worshipped as gods. And in the ancient Near East, people believed that just as it was damaging to be overexposed to the sun, to you physically, they believed it was incredibly damaging to be exposed to the moon at night. So we have some terms still today in English. One of them is the word moonstruck. Another one is the word lunatic. Luna means moon. They literally believed that if you had prolonged exposure to the moon, then dark forces would affect your mind. Maybe some of you, maybe night is your most difficult time. Maybe that's when a, a tape plays in your mind, tells you you're not going to make it, you're not good enough, you don't amount to anything. You find the night seasons difficult. I want to encourage you. The Lord is your keeper. He's going to be your shade. You've got to run to him in the night seasons. And I declare this promise over you. The sun shall not strike you by day, nor the moon by night, because the Lord is your keeper, my friend. I love that. So three points we're done with. Let me remind you, number one, the Lord's power is before you. Number two, the Lord's eyes are upon you. That's right, watching on YouTube, his eyes are on you. Number three, the Lord's presence is with you. And lastly, point number four, the Lord's care surrounds you. He surrounds you. In verse 7, it says this, The Lord shall preserve you from all evil. He shall preserve 
your soul. So I prepared this message. I thought about the time when Rach and I were in Berlin from 1989 until about 1993. We spent five summers in Berlin with Operation Mobilization, helping people, telling them about Jesus. And we were based in a part of Berlin called the Breitscheidplatz. You might see an image of, on your screen. There was an old church and steps, and throughout the day we would stand and sing and do drama and tell people about Jesus. And at night we'd hold concerts and hundreds of people would come and listen to us. In Berlin, and especially the Breitscheidplatz, was a very eclectic place. You had all kinds of people that would come, even Ipswich fans. It was awesome. But there were some very strange people. And one of the groups that were particularly strange was there was a group of Satanists. Now these people weren't messing around. They weren't pretending. They were real-life Satanists. And they would dress in the robes. They would have rats living on their bodies. And when we did our concerts, they would do little spells and incantations. And we would chat to some of them afterwards, and they'd talk about their beliefs. And I remember one girl that I met. Her name was Indra. She'd been a prostitute, and then she'd ended up getting converted to become a Satanist. And I was telling her about how much Jesus loved her and how his power was able to set her free. What amazed me about this girl Indra was she didn't find it difficult to believe that Jesus was powerful. And she described to me how when she got inducted by a satanic high priest that she'd gone through various rituals and she get the high priest said that when you mess around with evil spirits they can be very dangerous. Now that's not just coming from me as a preacher. I'm explaining what a Satanist said to me. And friend, let me warn you, if you're messing around with this, this stuff, get out of it. Get free of it. And this girl, Indra, she's telling me this. She says that the high priest told her that if she was ever in a situation where she was scared for her life, that she was to open this little box and read the scroll. And then she starts to tell me about a time when she was outside of her house and she was surrounded by these. She described them as tall green werewolves that were evil spirits. And she said you could smell the evil on them. And they were outside her house and there's a narrow lane and they'd cornered her. And she was really scared for her life. And so she did what the high priest had told her. She got out the little metal box opened a scroll, and inside was the words of a psalm. When she read that psalm, to her amazement, these evil spirits disappeared. And she knew that God's power was real. It says in verse 7, the Lord shall preserve you. He shall preserve your soul. My friend, he is powerful. It's unlikely that you'll ever get involved in a situation like Indra did. But whatever you're going through in your life, if you're anxious for what's going on, I've got good news for you. The Lord 
shall preserve your soul. Listen to this. The Lord shall preserve your going out and your coming in. What an incredible psalm. Psalm 121 is. Now many of you will know that that psalm was originally written in Hebrew. Most of the Old Testament was. One of the things we miss in our English translation is that there's a word, a Hebrew word, that appears six times in four of the verses. And it's this Hebrew word, somer. It means to guard, to keep, and to watch over. To keep. I love that concept. Now we, we miss the fact that it's there six times because the English translates it in different ways. But if we were reading it in Hebrew, we'd see how powerful this concept is. So let me read to you every reference if we translate that word keep. So in verse 5, the Lord is your keeper. That's right. Wherever you're watching, wherever you're listening, the Lord is your keeper. Verse 3, he who keeps you will not slumber. Verse 4, he who keeps Israel will neither slumber nor sleep. Verse 7, the Lord shall keep you from all evil. Verse 7 again, the Lord shall keep your soul. Verse 8, the Lord shall keep your going out and your coming in now and forevermore. Here's what I want you to hear, soul church. The Lord is your keeper. He'll keep you when you're going out and he'll keep you when you're going in. He's kept us here in Mason Road, and he's gonna keep us in Hartsey's Lane. He'll keep you when you're single, and he'll keep you when you're married. He'll keep you when you're divorced, and he'll keep you when you're widowed. He's kept you in the past, and he'll keep you in the future, both now and forevermore. The Lord, my friend, is your keeper. He's going to keep looking out for you. He's going to keep taking care of you. He's going to keep your kids. He's going to keep your husband. He's going to keep that family member that you're concerned about, that you're caring for. He's going to keep providing for you, keep protecting you, and he is going to keep blessing you. Believe that he is. As I step out of Mason Road today and look back over the years here, there's one service I'll never forget. It was the night before we went into lockdown. It was Sunday night, I think it was Monday that Boris Johnson informed us we were going into lockdown. We didn't know it that Sunday night. But that last service, we started to sing that powerful song. The blessing, the Lord bless you and keep you. And the presence of God fell in this room. And these altars were packed with people. We didn't know we were about to go into that long dark season of COVID. But the Lord kept us because the Lord is your keeper. 
He's going to keep blessing you, my friend. He's going to keep you in the middle of whatever storm you're in. If you're looking at a mountain right now, the Lord is your keeper. And I love the fact that in Numbers 6, 24 to 26, it says, the Lord bless you and keep you. He's going to keep blessing you. He's going to keep providing for you because the Lord is your keeper. I love that we finished that psalm. But that psalm started with a question. I lift up my eyes to the hills. Where does my help come from? Friend, let me ask you. This is the most important part of my message. Where does your help come from? Maybe you're facing a mountain. And you keep trying. You keep working hard. You keep trying to get through it. But you know you'll probably never get there in your own strength. I want to encourage you to make sure you trust the Lord with your life. You make the Lord your keeper. You put Him first. You put Him in the center of your life because that's what it means to be a Christian. To say, God, I want you to be my keeper. I want you to be my protector. I want you to keep your eye on my life. And friend, He wants to come into your life. You say, Steve, how do I do that? You do it really simply by praying a prayer. You can pray it in your front room. You can pray it in your car. You can pray it walking along on a dusty track or a wet track if you're running in Norfolk. You say, Steve, I want to pray that prayer. I want to get right with God. Friend, it was my greatest honor to pray for you. And when we pray this prayer, Jesus will come into your life. He'll forgive you of your past. He'll give you a brand new start. And He'll give you an eternal home. And He'll keep protecting you now and forevermore. So I want to ask you, are you ready to pray that prayer? If you say, Steve, yes, I want to pray that prayer, then right now put your hand on your heart. Repeat after me this prayer. Dear Lord Jesus, thank you for dying for me to forgive all my sin and failures so that I can have a brand new start. Please come into my life and help me by the power of your Holy Spirit to trust and live for you. Amen. Right now, Lord, you see every person who prayed that prayer. So would you come and transform them? May they know your presence wherever they are. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. What an honor to pray for you. Make sure you tell someone. Make sure you drop us a line. There's information. And if you can, come to our new building and come and tell us about the decision you made today. Come on, who's glad? The Lord is your keeper. I'm going to pray one more prayer. I'm going to pray over you that those words of number 624, the blessing. What a way to go out our last online service from here in Mason Road. So are you ready? This is for you. This is for your family. Are you ready? The Lord bless you and keep you. 
The Lord make His face shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift up His countenance upon you and give you His peace now and forevermore. Amen. Thanks again for tuning in. If you said yes to Jesus today by saying the salvation prayer, we'd love for you to email connections at soulchurch.com so we can talk to you a little bit more about this incredible decision you've just made. And if at any point in the service you felt moved to give towards any of our local or global initiatives, head to soulchurch.com. And don't forget to stay connected with us on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube by searching at Soul Church UK. Take care and God bless.